0: LDB, ba, 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 LDB, baba, ba, 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 LDB, LDB, LDB,
1: LDB, LDB,
2: Good evening, LDB. I am your host, Chris Schultzer. It is Sunday at 9pm. I am thrilled, uh, as we hinted in the last cast, for those of you who have listened. We have some special guests, but before I get to that, we have co-commissioner Matt Starr. Matt, how you doing? Doing great, you yeah. know. Sunday night, woo. Sunday night, woo. All right. Uh, and we also have uh, podcast ho- host uh, Michael Becker. Michael, how you doing? Hello, hello. Doing great. Cool. And for those of you who listened last week, I'm sure you'll already know that uh, literally sharing a phone. Uh, in an outdoor basement of some kind, which I've never heard of an outdoor basement. Uh, we have uh, Matthew Brophy, and we have Anton as well. So we're very excited. Um, you guys are together right now, which is very exciting. First time we've had two guests in one call. That's pretty cool. How you guys doing? Brophy, you first. We're good. We're good. Thanks for having us, Chris. For sure. Hey, guys.
3: I should describe them now for those who can't see. They look like anarchists in a basement. Both are wearing black <laughs> footies. <laughs> <laughs> they could be, they could be environmental radicals, that radicals that and they could be cover. plotting some sort of bomb in a large government facility. It, it's unclear.
1: Yeah, it's, it an out, it's
3: an outtake from Fight Club. I think <laughs>
4: <laughs> we're plotting our revolution from Bethany Beach, drinking <laughs> other half.
2: That's how it starts. Yeah, apparently. Uh, also, the roof behind their heads is like open wood beams, which is like pretty cool looking. Um, Uh, so they're, they're definitely having more fun than we are right now. Um, I planned a mini activity because, you know, I, while I am claiming that I am the first dad of LDB, um, you guys are some of the more experienced, I think between you, you have five children. Is that correct?
4: How many do you have? Uh, (laughs) two. Yeah. Yeah. So I have three. So yeah.
2: Uh, All right, I won't put either of you on the spot on whether you're done, because I think that's a rude question. But I do think for those for those guys who are just getting started, um, uh, maybe we could let we could uh, have you lend some advice, some fatherly advice, if you will. Um, So we've planned a little silly activity to test your dad knowledging. Um, I'm going to have Matt uh, and Michael and I, we're going to be the judges on who gives better responses and whoever takes three wins the competition here. So um, you're
4: going to participate
2: i i mean i i can throw out answers too if you want me to i feel like you should okay fine i i will throw out answers as well um and i guess then that means that star and, and becker is be the gar- two childless
3: uh
2: members we're, we're yeah, the well,
3: most accurate judges
2: but you know what maybe that's actually good though becker because then then you guys can be like that actually sounds like advice i would want to take as opposed okay, to you yeah, hey,
1: I, yeah i like it i, I I, I enjoy judging other people's parenting, despite not having <laughs> children with my own, so I'm, I'm I do, I do, do you, that
3: in my day-to-day. Do you, Matt? Do you judge other people's parenting? Absolutely. I, about, feel,
2: it's it's a, a, I feel like when I lose this competition, it's going to be even worse, because I'm the one who came up with the question. So, uh, But why don't we start, uh, Brophy, I'm going to put you on the spot first for question number one. Question number one but, is, as, as a dad, what company have you gained the most respect for, um, you know, because it helped you as, as being a dad in some way?
4: Um, okay, so I thought about this for a second. Um, company that I gain the most respect for, um, I'm gonna go with uh, the Disney company um, because they're solidly reliable in that I can put my kids in front of anything that they make and know that they'll be entertained and, you know, occupied for 20 minutes which is great um and also uh they are very good at separating parents from their money um i'm i'm willing to uh to buy any products that they make for for kids because uh they seem to always be happy with them so yeah i'm gonna go with disney
2: that is a solid answer right there that's a well thought through solid answer anton how about you
0: So I I think that Brophy probably wins this one. But I I was having trouble thinking of this. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to shout out Harris Teeter for their grocery pickup service and saving me so much time. I have so little time without the kids, and I love them so much. But being able to drive up, and they put the groceries right into my car, and then I drive home is just such a huge time saver that Harris Teeter.
2: All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to really cop out and go with, I don't even know the name of this company. It's more of a product. So I guess I already lost, but, uh, I don't give dad advice. I give gear advice and the best advice I can give anybody is the Velcro Swaddler. Uh, it's like $10 on Amazon and it takes all the guesswork out of keeping your kid asleep. Uh, so whatever company makes the Velcro Swaddler, they went from a, I don't even care to a, that thing is priceless. (laughs) And I would probably buy 10 of them and I will give them to every new dad I know as a gift. So, that one. Um, concur. That one's amazing. Yeah. Starring
0: back. Like the sleep sack thing? Yeah, yeah. No, but the no. The one that like, you don't have to, like, legs. put them into a blanket. Oh, yeah, they're just going to break out of anyway. Yeah, I yeah. think it
3: was. I'm sorry, guys. The only correct answer is the Monsanto company. The Monsanto <laughs> company. Yeah. No, I, I, think, I think, Chris, you, you kind of hit it as a subcategory, Amazon. I imagine Amazon would be a, a lifesaver for folks who don't have time. I have presumably more time than you all. And uh, Amazon was a lifesaver for me, but I I credit all answers and I'm taking notes.
2: Fair enough, all right. Question two, Anton, you get to go first on this one. Uh, Item that you cannot believe you just paid X for your children.
0: So I was struggling with this one as well. And I don't think it's so much the paid X because I paid like eight bucks for this, but I purchased a 90 pack of fruit snacks. For this trip, <laughs> and I can't believe what, that I actually did that.
3: What but kind? I
0: love them so much, and they're the—they're just perfect.
3: Are so, they the blue, the ones in the blue box that are shaped yeah, like? Yeah, the yeah.
0: They're shaped like.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. No, delicious. not a bad purchase. They're cracked for four-year-olds.
0: Oh for yeah.
2: Time. Oh yeah. I all right. I get to I get to go next on this one, and I, I'm going to say uh it actually it almost lines up with the first question as an opposite, which company have I lost the most respect for? Lego, okay? Like any Lego set that's worth anything costs $50. I, I sure. it blows my mind. And also like kids cannot keep those things together and they end up being scattered all over your house and it's a disaster. Um, so yes, I do not want to buy any more Lego. Uh, uh Legos is a strong
4: answer, I gotta say. Um, I'm not, so I'm not sure that I can pop Legos because there are Legos all over my house and none of my, neither of my kids, neither of my big kids have actually ever completed a Lego set, but, um, but we still keep buying them. Um, so I wrote down, I had, um, Chris, I just bought, uh, Noah for the first time, a machine pitch baseball bat. Um, he moved up from T-ball and I let him play with the T-ball bat and he dented the bat on the pitching machine oh no
3: it's a good sign to buy him
4: a new bat. how much do you guys think a a t-ball baseball bat goes for
3: 150 yeah it's not what i would have said too i I
1: thought it would be much less yeah it was sorry
3: sorry i just killed your joke
1: I don't know. I, I bought a softball bat at some point in my in, in, in my life, so I know what those things cost.
4: Yeah, no, I was shocked because the T-ball bat was like 25 bucks or something like that, so to step up, I, I was surprised.
2: It's a good answer. It really is. Um, I'm going to spare you all the story I just told Star about our Little League Championship from tonight, which you, you just made me think of. Um, but... Uh, we're gonna keep moving. Question three. I'm gonna go first. Describe the perfect Father's Day if you could design it. Hey, wives, I hope you're listening because Father's Day is one week away. Um, I know. I think... know we
1: have a lot of ladies. We have a lot of ladies listening to this podcast. Do we really? <laughs> no, absolutely
3: not. Hello, ladies.
1: <laughs> he did threaten to
0: listen to this one.
3: Oh no. Do you think we've ever had a female <laughs> listener?
2: No. By accident. <laughs> <I was saying>. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah maybe maybe ian's wife because like they're feeding the child late at night who knows um right i'm gonna go with uh with this one uh because the kids get so much of a kick out of it it has to start with a sleep in slash breakfast in bed um you know uh the perfect breakfast in bed to me is is uh chinese food from the night before (laughs) uh so i don't want them cooking anything but then uh golf barbecuing um and basically doing as little childcare as I can. <laughs> uh, Brophy, you're up.
4: Yeah, I, I think that last thing you said is going to be a common theme, I'm guessing, for all of us. Um, if I had described Perfect Father's Day, it'd probably be i get up in the morning, have a cup of coffee, and then with the coffee, I'd probably just be able to look at my phone by myself with no one interrupting me for like <laughs> Eight or nine minutes. <laughs> that would be great. Aim high. Um, and you, you guys shoot for the stars. Um, and then, I don't know, beyond that, probably yeah, golf. So I'd probably take my father out golfing. Um, and then, uh, you know, something with the kids. Maybe uh, take them to the
0: playground, something like
4: that.
3: All right. Anton?
4: Anton?
0: Yeah, so um, I was going to just focus on the activity, but since we're talking coffee, so Maisie makes an amazing cup of espresso, no joke, (laughs) she's four years old, I've been training her up, she pulls an amazing shot of coffee, grind, pour, camp, set, like, anyway, so an espresso for my daughter, and then later in the day, we'll go to uh, an Orioles game, Uh, so we'll have plenty of time, plenty of space, um, and I'll be able to watch at least, like, three-ish innings
3: from the seats. Cedric Mullins hits two home runs. Everything is perfect.
2: Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Anton, which one of us is more upset about John means right now?
0: Um, probably you, but me a little.
2: <laughs> All right. Fair enough. We got two questions to go and then we're going to let star and Becker rule our winners. Uh, Brophy, you're up first again on this one. The number one thing <laughs> that watching your kids do, you're more nervous than they are.
4: Uh, so, swimming. For me, it's definitely swimming. Because um, my kids are pretty fearless getting in getting in the way. Anton probably saw a little bit today. Yep. They're pretty fearless getting in the water, either in uh, the pool or in the ocean. And they also have no idea what they're doing. Um, they, you know, they didn't swim too much last summer because of the pandemic. Um, uh, we just didn't do pools, things like that. Um, but they're very confident that they can swim, and I'm pretty sure that they can't. So that one is always terrifying for me.
2: That was actually my answer, so I'm going to have to pivot. Well done.
0: Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Sorry about that. Anton? Um, that was my answer, and I'm not going to pivot. Um, I, will, <laughs> I, I will say, um, no. So, I mean, case in point, like, they're four and two. They can't swim yet. We have them signed up for swim lessons uh, in a few weeks. But, yeah, just like Macy today just got – totally hit by this wave knocked her over thought she'd be scared of it nope up right back in and uh I love the I love the confidence um and I would love that she could swim so we're gonna get her there
2: (laughs) yeah uh so yeah swimming my kids are older than yours like the twins are gonna be 10 this summer they both swim very comfortably but they like now like fight in the pool uh so like that that scares me like when they like are jousting on rafts and stuff and i'm just like it's just one, wow. one bad hit away from from you know like i'm diving in with my clothes on trying to like rescue one <laughs> of you so. uh but i'll go with yeah,
0: like they learn how to defend a little better and then you won't have to worry about it
2: that's probably also true uh, but i my pivot answer will be uh watching them play sports they like they seem to just like be okay with it for the most part, especially like once you get to kid pitch, like that's stressful as a parent watching your kid pitch. Um, And, you know, soccer games. uh, I always find that like my heart rate is increased, just like hoping that they do well. Um, So anyway, uh, last question, and then we'll turn it over to the judges. If money was no object, your family car would be blank. Defend your choice. Uh, Anton, you get to go first on this one.
0: So this is a funny answer. I'm going to pick the car that we uh, recently purchased. Uh, We just got a Chrysler Pacifica hybrid. We just leaned in full suburban. It is awesome. It fits everything. It fits everyone. Super comfortable. Infotainment is amazing. Filled an entire beach load within the car. And you can plug in and get, uh, you know, electric only for the first at least 20 plus miles. It's, it's just fantastic. And I'm telling the entire world, so at least you know, 20 people about it. So
2: there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm the wrong person to answer this question. I didn't write it for myself because I actually don't really like nice cars, especially because my kids are gonna beat the shit out of it. So um, like having a nice car, I think would actually stress me out more. The two that we've had so far, we've had a, a Honda Odyssey and then we've had a Toyota Highlander Hybrid. Uh, I recommend both. Uh, I would say I slightly prefer the the Toyota Highlander hybrid, although believe it or not, the turn radius on the Honda Odyssey minivan is better, which I'm stunned by. Like, how can a minivan?
0: Interesting.
2: By? Yeah, we it? looked at
0: the the Highlander also, but uh, I I don't fit in the third row, and
2: uh, there you are. Yeah, uh, Brophy finishes up.
4: Um. Okay, so I don't think I would actually do this, but I think having just you know recently had our third child, um, my answer would be a Suburban, um, because we, we, ha- we actually have the same car that Anton just gave a testimonial about, the uh, Pacifica Hybrid. Great car, but um, we're just running out of space, man. The third kid, the dog, like we try to cram all this stuff in, and it just doesn't fit, so um, more space would probably be better. I think, I think Chris, like you said, uh, getting a nice car would be kind of wasted on my kids. Um, so I think probably
2: just more space. I've actually just given up on keeping the car clean at all. Uh, yeah. Like there, there was a stretch where I would, I would actually make an effort, but now it's just like, nah, it's, it's a garbage can. Uh, and we embrace that it's a garbage can. And then roughly one out of every 10 times that we're getting out of the car, I scream at the kids to pick up their crap. Um, And that's how it goes. (laughs) Um, All right, Star, Becker, whose advice would you most want to follow? Who are you most likely to call? Well, I should
3: start by saying this entire conversation has been horribly depressing and makes (laughs) me doubt whether I want to have kids at all. Uh, But in judging this competition, the metric that I was listening for was how or if kids improved your life and i heard a lot of settling i heard uh chrysler pacifica i heard that kids beat up your car i heard that you're terrified of your children when they engage in sporting events or swim in the ocean um but that said the one improvement that i heard is that a four-year-old knows how to pull espresso Now, you know it's true I, on Father's Day, I can golf and I can barbecue and I can, you know, mow the lawn. What I can't do personally is make an espresso. So if I had a four-year-old who was able to do that, uh, you know, God bless you, Anton. Anton, you have my vote.
1: <laughs> Thank you, sir.
3: You're welcome. Uh, so so I, I went in a different
1: direction. Um, I, I, I actually am going give, to give my vote to, to Mr. Schutzer here. Um, I, I think mainly I, I appreciate it. Shifter has, I think, because he has the oldest kids, has a level of jadedness. I think that uh, Brophy and Anton do not have, and I think uh, the thing that really stood out to me was in the Father's Day enter, Both Brovi and Anton, I think, felt compelled to include the children in some capacity. Shifter was like, all the kids are doing are giving me breakfast, and that, and then I'm doing a day on my own. Uh, away from the kids. And that that really was what one when, when it seemed it just seemed very honest. I feel like he was like, I have to take the key bro, I think Bro felt compelled to like throw in a I, I take the kids to the park. And Shit is beyond that, I think. So so kudos, kudos to Chris
2: and his <laughs> jadedness. Well, for for what it's worth, I feel horrible that <laughs> this is the table <laughs> right both of you. Uh, because the reality is I spend a ton of time with my kids. And actually there's a pretty good shot that I would have ended up golfing with both lily and Felix because uh, they both like to play and I, w- I would have had them. But yeah, I think because I spend so much time, sometimes the alone time is good. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, I think just because I, I'm i the taskmaster here and I am constantly looking at the clock to make sure we have enough time to look at what we want to do. Um, I've planned a very important question for Mr. Becker. And if you guys are all comfortable, I'm going to turn to it right now. Um, is that okay with everybody? All right, I'm getting thumbs up michael i'm I'm putting you on the spot. I apologize for this. I know it's very direct, but did you or did you not ever use spark notes when writing a paper in high school? Uh, uh,
3: i i don't I don't really fuck don't really know how to answer that right? I mean. I, yeah, I, I, I I don't, I don't really, I mean, the thing, the thing that you need to know is that there are, there are like, like customs and practices, (laughs) not like baseball practice, but like the practice of handing something off to the next generation that unless you kind of are there and know what you're doing,
2: then, you know, the thing, All right? I'm sorry, I'm going to jump in right here. Did you or did you not use Sparknotes? (sighs) Look, I get
3: that this is an important question and I appreciate that you're asking. I mean, if, if like you or the fucking <laughs> Department of Education want to legislate this, by all means, I'm ready to have that conversation. <laughs> and I think if you asked any of my peers, I'd be on the, the right side of that conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean like, you know. Wow.
1: Bravo, sir. Bravo. That was well done, sir. Well done. I don't know.
3: What are you guys plotting for? This was a, a tortured answer. He put me on the spot. All right. I think everybody knows what we we're need hearing.
4: a video. We need a video for Becker's face through all this.
3: Uh, he it took the glasses there. off. It was brilliant. <laughs> oh, I'm so pleased. Can um, yeah, we, we do a side
1: by side with Becker and Cole here? Just like line up to do video. That <laughs> fucking guy.
2: I love torching that guy. That guy sucks. I think my favorite part was I'm, I'm convinced that Anton, uh, Brophy and Starr did not know what was happening for the first 15 seconds. because and- <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
3: say a word for the first 15 seconds.
2: It, it, it took me, it definitely took me a second to figure out what was happening there. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a very important delay, so. Um, well, I think now everybody knows what we wanna talk about. So um, we're gonna talk for a few minutes just about the foreign substances here. I'm going to start just by opening this up. Is this a big deal? No, no, really
1: no. Not. No one wants to take that. Can...
2: No, it's not a big deal. I, I,
1: th- I, I think it's getting blown a bit out of proportion. Uh, it's, it's a little weird because like, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess the MLB is cracking down. It's still not really clear what is happening here. Uh, it seems like, Maybe some guys have made the conscious decision not to use this stuff. Uh, I think I said this before, but I think this the substances are so pervasive that like I don't I don't know I, I, I think if people are gonna stop, it's gonna like we're not gonna notice because it's gonna just kind of be this and maybe offense gets better, but I don't think any individual is really gonna get particularly hurt or harmed by this so much and i don't know i feel like it's just kind of getting blown out of proportion i also don't i honestly i don't i don't know how mlb enforces this and i i, I just can't see how this is going to work out i feel like it's not going to be done it can't possibly be done in a way that is fair and very decent. good point and so um I, I i just i don't have a lot of faith in this like actually
3: being a thing or being enforced in, in any reasonable way So I I have a strong opinion on this. And I think that this is clearly a public relations problem. This has been pervasive, as Matt said, for years and years and years. And as was hopefully clear from my very direct answer, this has been something that's passed on from generation to generation. In fact, there are visiting clubhouse attendants with the Angels who are providing this to players as they came through for years and years and years. Your favorite baseball player and my favorite baseball player are using this stuff so why is this now suddenly a problem? It's because, you know, Sarah's wrote about it and then suddenly it's on fucking good morning America. Right. And once it gets into the mainstream, my wife asked me last week, what's the deal with all this like sticky substance stuff. And, you know, major league baseball would just as well, not have to worry about it. Um, But people are talking about it. So it's this feckless game of trying to regulate and scare their own players when in fact they've been permitting this openly. And so the players are justifiably confused. They're saying like, wait a second, this isn't, this isn't fair. I and mean, whether there's a rule or not about it, it's not fair to now suddenly selectively enforce this. And that's what, I, that's what I understand. There might be a rule, but nobody from the umpires up to the commissioner have said a word about this until like four weeks ago. And that's what <clears throat> disturbs me.
4: Am I wrong to, to think that the the take, like that this is happening right before CBA negotiations is, is like kind of glaring. It, like great point. This, if they were going to crack down on this, they could have cracked down on this last year or the year before, or like any of the past, what, 15, 20 years. Right. And it just happens to come now. I don't know. It, it seems like a, you know, uh, public relations make the players look bad type
1: of thing to me. Yeah I mean I, I, there's one interesting piece of this and I, and I wonder how connected this is and, and to the fact that this is being given more attention is that we now have the ability to accurately track spin rates in a way that we did not before. And so there's information out there that is that can show when a guy from one start to the next, has a dramatic increase or decrease and which seems to be probably indicative of some sort of use of something on the ball when that happens. And I wonder if that being out in the public and being, you know, kind of the, you know, factor that, that, that Becker mentioned, I think I wonder if that just kind of being something that the average fan has a better handle of now um, is maybe a piece of this. It's like, Hey, we can really like, kind of line up the evidence to show what is happening and how these things are helping.
2: So I'm sort of intrigued by the fact that we're having the discussion now and and Brophy you made a point I hadn't thought of yet and I'm really, it's it's still like ruminating, bouncing around up in my brain. Um, Do you guys remember in the 2006 World Series, the Cardinals were playing against the Tigers and in game two, who was the Tigers super old pitcher that came on and dominated with a huge thing of pine tar on his hat, visible, caught by Fox as they filmed the world series. And as he came out for the third inning, it was suddenly gone. Do you guys know what I'm talking about at it all? It wasn't Kenny Rogers, was it? It was Kenny Rogers. Thank you, Beck. Yeah. Um, so like, and that was, that was the biggest stage. That was the world series and he was dominating. He actually went on to continue dominating. So my theory is he just, especially after reading Jeff Passan's piece, I think he probably moved the pine tar off the hat and like into a- gotcha. his- right, Right? So, you know, somewhere, yeah. somewhere else.
3: Conceal it in the glove, right? Yeah. Everyone knew that this was going on. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, Brophy, you're absolutely right. Like, I, I hadn't thought of that either. Why now? If the question is, why now? Um, the, the answer is probably money and, yeah. and bargaining leverage. Um, but it's, it's it's so totally disingenuous um, for the league, and I've lost. I, frankly, I've lost a lot of respect for Major League Baseball over this and the commissioner. And it's it, it's easy to to lose respect for them, but like this is a this is a serious issue that once again they've totally bungled it.
4: It just feels weirdly similar to the steroids thing twenty years ago, sure. where. You know, it was an open secret for years and years, and then all of a sudden, it's like the cudgel that they use to beat the players up um going into a CBA negotiation. I don't know. That's probably cynical, but it, it just the timing is too weird to me.
3: I think you're you're right to be cynical.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I hadn't thought about that either, but I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think I think you're right that. It, there's a lot of there's there's kind of a weird comparison to the steroid stuff of 20 years
2: ago. So star, I you and I have spoken offline, and I know your take is that it's going to hurt all pitchers equally. Um, is that true? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I've seen
1: estimations that it's I've seen anywhere from 40 percent up to 70 to 80 percent of pitchers using something, and if it really is on the higher end, I mean, I keep, like first of all, I don't actually think. We're going to see like a you know complete elimination of this stuff in the game. But I think if it really is as pervasive as 70 to 80%, like, you, you know, everyone kind of gets affected equally by this sort of thing. And, you know, the good guy, the good pitchers take good
2: <laughs> because because we no one's thrown with the, same,
1: with the same spin rates that they were.
2: I, I do think, I'm just going to, this is my take. I think we're going to lose a couple star pitchers to this. I think there's, you know, especially people that have two pitches. If it turns out that one of them wasn't good at all, um, and that now it's getting policed and they can't as effectively use a substance, we're gonna see some people get lit up and just never bounce back. Um, and, and I actually think you know, a lot of our conversations, we've been talking about the, the rise of the effective relief pitcher, the long reliever this season. Long relievers—that is their mo—is that they've got a couple really great pitches, and if suddenly they only have one pitch, it's just not going to work the same way. So, I mean, Eno you, you know, did Eno you know, did talk a little bit about how
1: maybe it, this is the kind of thing that elevates changeup first guys, because the changeup is the type of pitch that's probably not being affected a lot by substances versus fastballs and breaking balls. Um, so he said, you know, change-ups are probably the pitch that are least affected by sticky stuff. So if there's anything, he said maybe he elevates change-up guys.
4: Mm. But I wonder if that works. Like, change-ups are usually effective, when, like, in contrast to a fastball, right? Like, if if the fastball is less effective, they kind of look more similar than they used to. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's a me, very possible, too. They've gotten the first guy I think of with all this is Bauer, just because, you know, his spin rates kind of jumped a couple of years ago and he was pretty open about the, I think, was he, I didn't he call out Garrett Cole at one point oh, yeah. for using Pine Talk? Oh, everywhere. Or Yeah, it was everywhere, yeah. right?
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, he is kind of a
3: Didn't those two player. play together in college,
1: didn't they? They were yeah.
3: teammates yeah. at UCLA. Yeah. I, I don't want to sidetrack this, but I do want to share a very brief Garrett Cole story that I think reinforces all of our opinions of him. So as some of you may know, I used to cover sports for a newspaper in Southern California. And this is even before I was covering major league baseball, but I covered high school baseball, which was fucking awesome. And I covered a lot of really great players in high school, like uh, Jake Mariznick, Tyler Chatwood, Matt Andrizi, um, amongst others, but Austin Barnes, but I covered a game involving Garrett Cole against uh, a guy named Matt Hobgood, who ended up being the number five pick of the Orioles one year. And they went at it. They're both throwing like 100. And Norco High School in Southern California, the team I covered, ended up beating Garrett Cole. Uh, in the sixth inning, a guy like hidden oppo double, bunted over, sack fly. It's a one nothing win for Norco over uh, uh, So god what was um uh, not santa fe but i forget what um what southern california prominent high school he went to but anyway so we're talking to garrett cole afterward and i don't look i don't expect a 17 year old to admit defeat um especially one with the athletic pedigree of garrett cole but all he kept doing was whine about like oh they they just got lucky like they couldn't catch up to my fastball. So they just, all they could do is throw the bat out there and they got lucky and hit one down the line opposite field. And like, this was, you know, this was bullshit. And it's like, come on, man. Like, and I don't want to be judged by you know my comments immediately after a loss as a 17 year old, like I said, but you just seemed like a little bitch then. Um, (laughs) And so I've kind of viewed him through that lens. Uh, so no i didn't mean to drag this off topic i know i've shared this story with sean before but um yeah i, I just i don't like that guy I, I will i will say so i you
1: know i played high school football with a couple of guys who went to the nfl and that was pretty much their mo too they
3: were a bunch right. of little bitches so and maybe, like and that maybe just, that's my, what... that
1: all high school superstar athletes to me
3: maybe the only thing uh, preventing me from making the majors is being a little bitch. Like if I had some of that, uh, go fuck yourself attitude, I would have been, I would have been playing second base for the Dodgers, but uh, it's just, he's a weird guy. Anyway.
2: No, I, I appreciated the story. Uh, turns out like, if you want to play second base for the Dodgers, you just have to be in their system. (laughs) uh, I need to be
3: 26 years old and uh, not. Yeah. And and no one will
2: know your name uh, for a long period of time. And then you'll just start hitting 35 homers a year. Yeah. Are you Sheldon or Jake or like, what
3: the hell is your name? Well, Chris, name names. You said a few big time starting pitchers are going to get banged for this. Do you have any in mind besides, besides Cole, besides Bauer?
2: Well, I, I again I'm going I'm going to say I, I'm I'm specifically worried about the Yankees for whatever reason and I have absolutely no reason to think this beyond just total guess. But the fact that both Chapman and Cole have lost RPMs on their uh their the, the spin rates gone way down. I mean, it just makes me feel like the Yankees have been warned more than the other teams. Because to to be starting in advance of whatever memo they keep telling us is coming. Um, I, I sort of feel like we're in this grace period where the MLB is like, we're watching, like we're going to come down hard, but they still haven't said what they're going to do. So I feel like, you know, most teams are just like when the memo comes, we'll, we'll adjust. And until then, like we're going to keep doing what we're doing. The Yankees apparently are not doing that. They're they're making their changes now. So, yeah, I'm worried about Chapman. I think a lot of what Chapman has done. Um, is about you know increasing the spin rate on a lot of his pitches he's filthy and then all of a sudden you take that away, we saw what happens. So um, I'm worried about Chapman. You mean it isn't the 400 pound deadlifts? I don't think it is. I mean we have we have a long history that tells us that when when pitchers specifically get to a certain age they get worse. Um, and that has been defied for the better part of 30 years between steroids and now. um, You know, you know, that's actually wrong that we don't have
1: that. (laughs) That is actually demonstrably false for pitchers. That is a hundred percent true for hitter for position players and not at all true for pitchers.
2: Well, but, but how much of that is from the last, whatever, 20 years?
1: Uh, I mean, that's, that's a fair question, but there's, there's no aging curve. There's no traditional aging curve for pitchers. Pitchers basically are good until they get injured and then,
2: and if they get
1: injured in their 30s, then they're done. That's pretty much how a pitcher's career does.
2: Right, well, then I'm wrong. But I just sort of feel like the idea that Chapman's getting better, it feels like this is probably spider tech. Um, anyway, Anton, uh, uh, Brophy, you guys worried about anyone in particular other than the guys that we've named?
0: I'm just worried about every single person on my LDB roster when I finally decide to trade them away. I just, you know, keep it high, get the good return,
3: Right. Do we no, think that I'm this will?
0: I feel like there's going to be, everyone's going to be hit. I feel like it's, it's not yeah, going to be.
1: Yeah. So I, I do own like, I do own like the, like the top four guys in fucking fastball spin right right now. So that's a little concerning uh, that like Cole and Burns and Joe Musgrove and, you know, all of those guys who spin the shit out of these balls are, are you know, could all be impacted at some rate.
3: I can't help but think that this affects the market. I mean, you know, for someone who might be trading power, like, you know, maybe, you maybe you're, fo- you're forced into market. taking less of a return.
2: Yeah, you know, actually
0: I'm we're incompetent.
2: <laughs> I'm realizing that the, 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 the problem with bringing both of you on at the same time is we don't get to delve into either of your teams as deeply as I mean, we haven't even talked about them yet. I mean, Anton, is this you? Are you waving the white flag despite beating me 7-5 this week? Are we yeah. going to
4: declare somebody dead? Yeah. Are we
2: jumping ahead? No, no. But oh, I they want wanna to declare. They are itching to you're, you're to R.I.P. About, somebody. Yeah. Well, you're talking about <laughs> players away. I mean, it's a, you're not you're not on here like shoving it in my face that you just beat me. I'm I'm curious. Like, are you you thinking this is not your year?
0: I feel like this is what's been happening all year. Like, I lose five seven five seven five seven. Oh, I won seven five. Congrats! <laughs> like. You know, I, I wish that I lost really bad and I could put the fork in myself and just decide, okay, I'm just selling and that's it. But I'm doing like just fine enough, beating the overall, you know, LDB leader right now by, you know, a bit, but that counts. Do I stick around? I don't know. I think I'm going to catch him. I don't think he's the LDB leader. Anymore, oh, right? well, then
4: we're good then. I, 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 I think do. we might be tied for the double buy now.
2: Yeah, I'm scared. I am. I'm not gonna lie. To you. <laughs> um, but, I think
1: I think, I, I think I'm gonna end up. Oh no, you're a little, you're still ahead of me, damn, bro. At some point, I, I the way that the outcome of this week was looking at was gonna have a better record than you, but not now. Yeah, better record than, you, than Schutzer or than me or both. Than you, the, I I thought I, I you was having the better record than Schutzer. Uh, I like think it. you have a better team, for what it's worth. <laughs>
2: I think if my team comes back healthy, I'll take my chances. But I just, I don't know that it will. Um, well, maybe we should seize this opportunity. It seems like we've, we've kind of talked as much as we wanted to about spider tech. So um, why don't we talk a little bit about the league? Uh, should we check in on our matchup of the week, Becker? Did you, did you win? Did you lose? What happened? We tied.
3: We, in fact, tied, which is thrilling to me. At one point on Thursday, wow. I was down 12 nothing. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy to have come back. I, I think I'm going to take all the pitching categories and Nate's going to take all the hitting, which is not the only time that's uh,
1: happened. Nate, Nate, Nate's pitching, really, what, the, what happened? I, I, I was not in this kind of shape last time I looked at this.
3: Yeah, Sonny, so Sonny, Nate will tell you, Sonny Gray got injured and it forced him to scramble a little bit because I think there was probably right. a question of whether he was going to make innings and he had to throw some guys he probably would not have been inclined to to throw. So I was definitely the beneficiary of that, but um, yeah, I I, I see
1: a Kyle Freeland starting there. That that did not
3: go well. But he, he, take a look at his offensive week. It was absolutely unreal in a week in which there were a lot of like uh, five game weeks for teams. I mean, I think there were like three games on the schedule Monday alone. And by then he was up four home runs and 10 RBI. I mean, it, it was silly stuff. So I knew very early on I wasn't going to win uh, any offense, um, and so I kind of focused on pitching. But I'm, I am very thankful to get out of there with, with what looks like a tie. Uh, but he's got a great team. Uh, I, I know we forecast it last time, uh, last week. He's got a great team. I think he'll be really competitive in the playoffs. I know he, he just made a move for some pitching, uh, which will certainly help him. Uh, but no, ma- matchup of the week, I think, uh, merited the, uh, the matchup of the week status. This was a good one. Well, I wanted yeah, to, and I'll to... Say... go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Go
1: ahead. I was just going to say, I'll, I'll say for Nate, I, I, I think also he may have the most impactful super two call-ups of any team, um, in the, the next coming tomorrow, maybe with Ian Anderson and Alex Redugo. A lot of teams have one guy like that, but he's the only one who's got you know one one on each side of the ball, which I think is going to be huge for him.
4: I have one on each side of the ball.
2: Uh, (laughs) Oh, that's
1: true. Oh, (laughs) oh.
2: (laughs) that's true. uh, I I want to cite two things that happened. Um, I'm going to use one as a segue, so I'll save that one. But Rofi, your team did something that I didn't know was possible. Um, You your boys hit. 16 home runs this week and you had an OPS of 758 I mean that is an impressive impressive thing to pull off uh I don't yes. even, was this like no doubles no triples and like an OBP of, of four
4: <laughs> this is what my team has been doing all year when you put like Javier Baez and Gary Sanchez and guys like that all on the same roster you get a lot of like you know one for five with a home run type of games it's working though
2: so is this Ryan McMahon did today
4: yeah yeah, exactly
2: is this a real seven five or or is there a category that's going to flip
4: I think it's seven five I think he I think I won MGS and he won BJ
2: okay yeah Uh, it looks like Broby's got MGS so that's you know that's Paul hanging tough though I think that that was a that was a big one for Paul um, I mean that easily could have been the matchup of the week right there with the two of you guys um, and I, I think Paul is pretty solidly uh, in a very good spot to get one of the wild cards at a minimum and I think you know with a with a hot stretch down a hot what did, what am I saying here a hot stretch in the in the second half he could still catch you it seems unlikely but it's possible uh, the yeah, other no, thing
4: his, his offense is better than mine um, like, I, I don't think there's really a whole lot of question in my mind. Like, he's, he's got a lot of ta- talented offensive players. So, I mean, I think he certainly could catch me. We'll see.
2: So, the other major thing that I feel happened that needs to be cited is that uh, Jeff Peterson's now vacated, like, terrible team beat Sean 11-1. to 1. Uh, And I think that that – is anyone ready to call this one? I, I, I'm seeing star sighing. Is this the end of, of the wind?
1: It's it's tough. I mean, if if there's anyone, so we have, we've had we said four teams are dead last week, right? So if there's anyone to add, it's probably Sean. But eh, I don't know how many he's not. How far out of the playoffs is he going to be? Still not that far. And I think that's that's what you know. I feel like there, there are potentially better times ahead if he doesn't so blow it up. Is Paul the
4: fourth
1: wild card or the the fourth playoff? person Uh, i believe i think it's jorvi right now um okay i think jorvi's in in the the fourth playoff spot right now so looks like he'll be at 61 wins and there's gonna be a pretty big gap honestly between jorvi and sean's gonna be at 48 that's and where's mark gonna be yeah yeah jorvi's gonna have a pretty sizable lead for that uh, on everybody else on on sean and mark for
2: that last playoff spot in federal and you're just leaving anton out of that conversation
1: huh well he's further back than they are uh, <laughs> oh, actually that's yes, not true i guess he's not gonna be further back than than i was looking at the standing of right now
2: uh he's gonna be ahead of sean yeah i think he's well ahead of sean so um all right well. So we're not we're not calling any new deaths. Uh, Becker, do you want to call any deaths here? No deaths, but I do want to announce some breaking news. It appears that
3: Ahmed Rosario is being promoted. Oh! <laughs> breaking news! Breaking news! I think we should email just came through came through the wire.
2: I think we should mess with Ian and claim that it's still Sunday of week ten, so that he has. To, <laughs> it can't be. a <laughs> Let him uh, listen to like, this, and we'll we'll make him sweat it out. Yeah, is that
3: Cardinals game going on, or is that concluded yet? Can, can I?
1: I, I, feel I, like I, can, I feel like I have to chime in as commissioner and be like, no, right, he's fine. Like once lineups lock, I think I think
3: officially the rules once lineups lock for the day for the day, you're good. That's right. um, I'm not the, sure how valuable Ahmed Rosario will be in that fifth year. Um, I, I, he will maybe. I it would be. It's so a surprise to me if he's still in a major league roster. So I, I don't want to sidetrack this, but I do want to ask Brophy a question. Um, I okay. think a lot of you all know the answer to this, but I haven't, uh, I haven't had an opportunity to ask you yet. Tell me about Shohei Otani and how much restraint it took for you to wait until this moment to promote him and how excited you are. Oh,
4: I'm, I'm definitely very excited. Um, Did you even notice he was on your team? I yeah, no, I mean, so it's six years, I think I've had him. My God. Um, so.
1: Uh, yeah, 2015, so, I think.
4: Yeah, yeah. So my wife and I, we try and take a little uh, trip each year, uh, just the two of us, um, at the end of uh, February. To um, watch Shohei so Otani play. Right, so each year uh, we're in a different place uh, when we do the double-A uh, draft. So I can remember where I am when I I take these players. So I remember being in the Dominican Republic when I took (laughs) Ocani. Punta Um, Cana?
3: Where were you? Or uh, or were you in Santiago scouting Victor Robles?
4: Yeah, that's what it was. That's (laughs) what it was. Uh, So anyway, yeah, so it's been six years. Um, I almost pulled him up right before he hurt his arm. Of whatever that was, was that 2018 was his first year? Mm-hmm.
3: 2017? I think it was 18. 18. 18.
4: Yeah, so he had thrown, like, I don't know, seven or eight really good starts, and I said, I just have to get this guy up, and then he got scratched from a start. Um, and then I'm kind of lucky I did, because he'd be, like, S4 right now. So, I'm, I'm happy to have waited.
3: But we've discussed on this podcast, and hopefully you've been listening, kind of uh, your unique ability to, to delay and defer promoting these guys um, because you have kind of a, a, a very consistent roster. Is that a deliberate strategy that you've chosen? Do you think kind of this is yet another example of that?
4: Um, I think I try and if I don't need a guy and I think he'll be better later, I try and wait. Um but, like, I'm willing to promote guys in the first half if I don't think it – like, for example, I promoted Kyle Zimmer because who cares about Kyle Zimmer's 2025 20, year, right? Um, I did the same thing with Profar the year before. Um, so it's kind of like, how good do I think this guy could possibly be? And, like, is, is, is waiting on the front end worth that extra year? Um, and I think, obviously, Otani, I think it will be.
3: Is that just a gut feel for you, or do you actually calculate out, all right, he would be this valuable this year?
4: I think it's mostly a gut feel. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think we can all probably call those, right? Like,
1: right. We,
4: like if, if – uh, I'm trying to think of one of the other ones. Like, if Yoshitomo Tatsugo had done anything in the first half, I would have called him up because <laughs> nobody cares what he does in five years, right? But he Got sucks it. now, so I didn't call him up um but like okani should be good for you know five six seven years from now
2: Hopefully. god willing i feel like this is such a cheesy question i apologize but are you more excited for his hitting career or pitching career at this juncture
4: you know i've always said pitcher but he's been such a good hitter this year that like i i feel like and. and you, we've now seen year after year of him being a solid hitter, and he's kind of taken another step as a hitter this year. So I think I'd actually probably say hitter at this point.
1: Is he? Yeah, I, I just put him into the auction calculator. He is the number five player just based on his hitting. Wow. <laughs> he's yeah, he's, he's the number five yeah. offensive player uh, in, in by LDB stats, and he's like the number thirty-six pitcher. On... <laughs> Our starting pitcher,
3: Rofi. Would yeah, you, you say start, that he... start like?
4: Two or three weeks ago, you and I were talking about him, and you made the comparison to Fran Miel Reyes, which, which made so much sense at the time. But over the past like two weeks, he's just started taking all these walks. So his OBP isn't even that bad anymore.
3: Yeah, I noticed that his OBP is like 350 now. Like, yeah, it's fuck? pretty good now. Would you say that he is the, the most handsome player you've ever promoted from AA or the second most handsome?
1: You, Darvish, is. Way handsomer than Shohei Ohtani. So far
3: is pretty handsome dude, too. I mean,
4: I mean, Mike Trout was pretty handsome.
3: Uh no, in that kind of like Philly Jersey way, you're, you're playing <laughs> no. On yourself.
1: No, nobody's got Darvish. Like, come, come on. on, Darvish uh, is like the prettiest. Yeah, is like beautiful. in. Wait, are MLB. you
3: suggesting that that you Darvish is more handsome than Shohei Ohtani?
1: Oh my God, absolutely! It's not I'd, fight, cool. I'd fight. I'd fight you, you over that. Darvish?
3: I'd fight you over that. Yeah.
4: Man. No, I'd go with Darvish. He's, he's beautiful.
2: I, I wish glad could, I I the time. There, like so many times yeah. now, I really want like the, the video of this podcast recorded because honestly, Becker's face as he asked that question was <laughs> worth a million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that, it was oh. that handsome, that I, handsome. Anton, I want to give you a little love. Who's your favorite player that you ever promoted in LDB?
3: And.
0: I had a good stretch for a while, uh, probably Bumgarner. Um, I pulled him up right when he was, like, real good. And he was one of my key guys to win me that championship that year. Um, Yeah, I feel like I've had good luck with uh, solid homegrown starting pitching. And that makes me especially happy and excited for Pearson and Manning coming up. Um, But, yeah. I'd, I'd probably go bum garner.
2: Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. Uh, so you're not worried about Pearson at this juncture?
1: No, he's still in my double A, man. Everything's fine.
2: Everything's fine. All right. So, wow,
1: wow Matt Manning has an ERA of eight in triple A right now. That's good. I just, <laughs> I just looked that up. <laughs> it's
0: all good, man. Clock has not started, doesn't matter
2: oh no uh all right i think it's time to transition um so unless like i i wanted to ask like if there's any other burning thoughts about ldb at this juncture or else we can switch over to the matchup of the week
1: just real quick over under uh nate pearson's major league era is it over under matt manning's eight triple a (laughs) era
2: It's that over. Keep asking means it's over which is sad 11.57 <laughs> if, if we keep being so mean to guess they're not going to come back <laughs>
4: this feels
2: mean uh all right so i declared matchup of the week uh the aids against the works um i felt like that was the clear standout because josh's team is starting to bounce back a little bit he has a nice win this week uh, but Dubner's team has been pretty consistent. Um, so let's start with you, Mr. Becker. Who do you like here?
3: So I like Dubner here. I've liked Dubner's team for, say, weeks now. I think, as I've said before, he was underrated in the preseason. Uh, his, bats, his bats are playing, though Muncy just hit the injured list, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, I, I don't see his momentum stopping for anything. And while the Aids the aides are a solid team, and I think they probably need this win more than Dubner does, I see Dubner taking it.
2: Star,
1: how about you? Yeah, I mean, I think Frambois Valdez has really been outstanding since he's been back. Uh, that has been a big boost for Dubner. Plus he went out, he got some pitching, which for Jordan Montgomery. Uh, was there somebody else? Did he get somebody else in that trade too? I forget. Um, but I feel like pitching was like, suspect for a while for him. He seems to have righted the ship. The offense is great. You know, I think this, this game is a must-win – or not necessarily a must-win, but it's much more important for Josh. I mean, Josh is – you know, cl- clearly is, is on the outside of the playoffs looking in right now, chasing Becker and Nate for the wild card spots. And, you know, it's, it's going to get – we're going to start getting – needing to see some urgency from Josh, uh, to, to get back on track. He's still below 500, even after a win this week, he did not beat Ray by as much as you'd like to beat Ray by Sorry, Ray. But, you know, I feel like you want to capitalize on that Ray matchup and go, you know, 12-0 or 11-1. He only got an 8-4 win out of this.
2: I believe I lost to Ray 8-4 last week. So, uh, don't worry, Josh. It's not that bad. Uh, I, I do think that, uh, the 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 Scherzer news is really important to Josh, right? And at this yeah. juncture, it looks like he's probably at least out for this week. Is that right?
3: I would think so. I mean, yeah, I, it
2: sounds like he's going to hit the IL. It doesn't sound serious, but I was
1: listening to the broadcast uh, the last game. It sounded like they're expecting him to miss at least a couple of starts. The the yeah, only yeah that
4: does hurt Josh. It hurts Josh a lot. Like the I mean, Dubner is dealing with a bunch of injuries too, with Muncie and. Loriano and Seeger still out, but, um, yeah, I, I would lean towards
0: Dubner as well, still. I feel like Josh and my seasons have so mirrored each other that we came in, you know, highly touted, both didn't do so hot, so I'm pulling for Josh. I don't know if it'll learn,
2: but go, Josh. Uh, I'll just A lot throw of injuries
1: in- for both of you guys.
2: I, I, I will just say I'm not thrilled... With uh, Dubner's pitching matchups, um, some of them are okay, and some of them might be bulletproof. So, like if Valdez is fine against the White Sox, uh, I, I guess you say that that's fine because um, he's kind of bulletproof anyway. But like, here are the ones that you would want to see good matchups: Marco Gonzalez has the the Twins and the Rays. Jordan Montgomery has Oakland and at Toronto. Um, then he's got uh, Eflin's got the Dodgers at the Dodgers. Um, I mean, it's not—it's not a picnic. It's not a picnic. So, I, I would say, like, based on that, like, you know, is gonna have to pick his spots, and Josh's gonna have hope that he has to start one or two of those, and that the guys just get lit up. I, I could see Josh doing it. It's possible. We'll see. Um, any last thoughts on that one? All right. Well, then I'm gonna give us a bonus one because we've been pretty good. I would say the Poyo's against the Fry, uh, which you know. I, I thought about calling that one because we had you here, Anton. I think I actually called that as the match of the week in week one of the entire season. It was. Uh, and uh, you know, I would say for you, if you're going to make the playoffs, you, you got to beat them up. Um, so
0: I, I am so on the fence for like, do I call up Willie Adamas? Do I call up Cabrian? I love Cabrian. And like, I would get four and a half years now, but like, I don't
1: know. I don't know if this is the year. We'll
2: see. If you call up Hayes for I,
1: tomorrow, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I would say I feel like for a guy like you know, I, I obviously I'm, I'm always pro calling your guys up. But like, is there any way you're going to keep Hayes down at the beginning of next year? Like, no, he's he's great, and you're not going to wait till next year's Super Two. So if you're not going to wait till next year's Super Two, I mean that would take some immense patience to do that. But if you if you're not going to do that, like. I we're we're like
3: missing really, an important.
4: I'll just, I'll just, be, your, I'll just be the brokey on your shoulder for a second. Wait till next
3: year's Super Two. <laughs> I was gonna say we're missing a very important third option, which is to trade him. You could always trade Key Brian Hayes
2: to a very yeah, interested that, owner. To me, yeah, <laughs> I'd love. I, I would love to right?
0: Yes, yeah, let's talk. But no.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, so you're gonna be eight games behind Jorvi for that last playoff spot. So, you, you know, if you really beat the crap out of him, you could close that gap right there. Um,
0: so Chris, I, I'll say I was really, really tempted to call up Adamas like Monday, Tuesday this week. He's been on such a hot streak. I'm glad I beat you in all the hitting categories without, but I'm like, Oh, that might be worth it. I think that Brewers trade has actually turned out really well. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he, he had, he had
4: he huge home road splits when he was with the Rangers? Yeah,
1: he's been awful at the trough, like just horrendous yeah. throughout his career. And to get – there, there seems to be something to do that. Uh, he did not like hitting at the trough.
4: I think I actually heard a thing where they interviewed him and he said he just couldn't see the ball. In,
2: yeah. Uh, it in yeah.
4: It seems important. Yeah, it does.
2: So uh out of curiosity, just because I'm looking at at our matchup here, Anton, I, I had four homers. Is that good?
0: Um sure. <laughs> sure, sir.
2: <answer. laughs> uh, okay. I'll take uh, what
0: I can, man. This has been a great year.
2: Yeah. No, no, no. What you you deserve that win. Um all right, guys. Uh any last thoughts on uh on LDB? I see yawns. It's past ten o'clock. We started late. The energy's low. Some people yeah, have all of a sudden the
1: Nuggets, the Nuggets are back
2: in uh, Star first, go what ahead. Is that oh, no, no,
1: Sorry, I, I was, I started paying attention to the Nuggets game again because all of a sudden, like they're they they close. They the they look like they may not get swept by the Phoenix Suns, uh, which is oh, a Oh, even it's a five-point game that. now. Yeah, that I, that this game was looks
2: like out of, out of reach for quite some time.
4: Yeah, I, lo- I looked like three minutes ago, and it was twelve points
2: uh anton you were saying though
0: yeah no i was just gonna say i feel like this is always an exciting day each year to see who calls up who because i feel like this really you know the hands are shown who's really in this and who is not and it really helps show like who's a buyer who's a seller i feel like a lot of that is going, a lot of that veil is going to be listed tomorrow so i'm excited to see that
2: okay and we all agree that we're going to give eon uh eon yeah ian shit for uh promoting on sunday night and he'll listen to the cast and realize it's a joke. No, 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 we'll let him all talk. Um, all right, anybody, final thoughts? This was fun. Right. Thanks yeah, for having, thanks us, for having guys. us, Chris,
4: or everybody.
2: Yeah, it's not mine, it's everybody's. Um, but I, I do think uh, you guys are fun and I'm glad you're here. Um, hopefully we'll do it again soon. Um, Becker? Enjoy the beach, enjoy yeah, the know. beach, I'm jealous. Absolutely, will do. Next, next Sunday is Father's Day. Uh, I think Star, yeah. Star and Becker, you two should should run a uh, a fatherless Father's Day cast uh, and invite somebody you want.
3: We could go golfing. We could make each other espressos.
2: <laughs> there you <laughs> go, man.
3: <laughs> we could right, have so a great, great day. <laughs> find, find some indentured children to,
1: give up, to make up espresso, baby.
2: <laughs> That's on you, man. Uh, well, I'll leave it to the two of you if you want to do it or not. Uh, I think I'm out next Sunday, so. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and guess that Sean will be too, but you never know. Um, so I wish everybody luck, happy, happy hunting, as I like to say.
0: Thanks, all.
2: See you guys. Bye. All. Thanks for coming on.
4: Thanks for having us.
3: Baseball.